All right, welcome in to a special Friday edition of the Fezic Focus podcast. And I am AJ Hoffman, joined as always, couldn't do it without him, by Steve Fezic. Hello, Steve. How are you, man? I am excellent. How are you, AJ? Uh, I'm doing well. You look uh, nice and relaxed and rested. Did you, uh, you got, got a little uh, getaway? I did. Friends came in town, and I have not had a chance. This used to be a tradition that after the Super Bowl, we'd take two or three days off, do some golfing, um, maybe even a little junket to Mesquite or somewhere around there. And friends came in town and took off Monday through Wednesday. I thought you were part. Waikiki or the rest of the island. Uh, I assumed you were Waikiki this week. You so. know, South Maui's underrated also, uh, <laughs> but no, no Hawaii for me, no. <laughs> well, back, uh, I guess... I would say back to the grind, but I guess you get a few days off in the NBA, and now it's just college basketball for, for a few days anyway, right? Yeah, now I'm just hopelessly behind in college basketball, but the tournament doesn't start for two weeks, and I, you know I what? lots of time. I, if, if you need any help catching up, I'm your guy. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I've watched way more than I need to, so I'm glad to share any information with you, of course. Uh, you helped me plenty during football season, so it's, it's a back-scratching thing. May well take you up on that, although I'm eager to bet against my Northwestern Wildcats. And I don't blame you for that. Any way shape or form I, I don't blame you for that. i was actually eager to bet against them coming into the season and that's been a profitable strategy uh all right let's talk super bowl obviously nevada won again rj says the betters will never win again vegas is never going to lose on a super bowl again that that ship has sailed there's just too many ways that they can they can get their hold in you agree with that generally i do the only way it could happen is if you had a Super Bowl that was extremely high scoring, the favorite and the overhit, and there was a safety, and there was pretty much everybody scored touchdowns, all the big names. And I think it would have to be a a favorite that was like a a very public favorite. Like it would have to be Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, in the Chiefs or or something like it'd have to be a a big name, like a big marquee name against a team that wasn't supposed to be there. There'd have to be a kickoff return for touchdown, a punt return for touchdown, defensive scores, all kinds of things the public loves to bet on. It would have to be a confluence of all the public stuff. Like, think about what would it what would the line have been had it been Chiefs versus Eagles in the Super Bowl? So the Eagles were rated actually a slightly above average team by the end of the year. And Chiefs six and a half points better. The Eagles like one point better. Chiefs minus five and a half. Okay. I know it sounds light, but it does sound light. So and the betters would think that as well. Yes. So if if they if that's if that was the game and you know it go it shoots way over and the Chiefs win by thirty, then that's the kind of scenario it would take. Right. Because it, nobody would be like, ooh, I'll take the Eagles plus five and a half. Yes. And ju- well, just for good measure, have Kansas City win, you know, 31 21, have the game go over, which I guess I don't know if it would go over, because it's make it 33 23 and let the Eagles cover their teaser just to have all the teasers cover on top of it. And a team like the Chiefs would cash a bunch of preseason future bets as well. Which all those preseason future bets all factor into what Vegas considers their hold for the Super Bowl is you know anybody who had a uh, a, a Jags uh, to win the Super Bowl season ticket is now part of the Vegas hold. You know you bring up a good point because <clears throat> as soon as all these teams are eliminated, they go into the books profit. So when they get to the Super Bowl, the the only futures left ungraded are the were oh, the, the Bengals, Bengals, and, Bengals the, and the Rams. Yeah. So by definition, obviously the book is going to get shredded on the on those results, 
if all the others have already been graded and reported for. I don't know if that's the way everybody does it, but I think you're right. And so right off the bat, they're in an enormous hole. And you hear all the time the books crying, oh, we lose no matter what on the, you know, on the, on the Super Bowl. Yeah, but you won on the other 30 yeah, teams. Yeah, everybody right? that had a Bucks future, everybody that had a Chiefs right. future, you're, you're still okay. Uh, now, how do – and here's the, the, last two, the last two times that Nevada lost versus the betters. 2008 took the Giants beating the Patriots, and the Patriots were a, a huge, huge favorite there. But – I guess the the fact that the Giants won on the money line probably swung some things their way, and then 1995, which is the time the kind that we're I, I guess referring to a little bit more, is the 49ers beating the Chargers when everyone assumed that the 49ers would beat the Chargers, and nobody wanted to put any Chargers money down. 49-26, and they cover, and obviously a whole lot of scoring. Game goes over, so that makes sense. And there weren't the 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 um confluence of props at each and every property, you know, to, to yeah. in, in terms of money coming in. And, and, and they do love, the public loves betting the big underdog to win outright. And so. in 1995, but not a not a, an 18-and-a-half point dog, no. not a Chargers-type underdog. No. And especially then, the 49ers in 1995 were one of the two or three biggest brands in football. The Chargers were not a name brand. So it was it was a big confluence of things that that led to you know, Chargers so, were like a double-digit, like a nine-point, ten-point underdog at Pittsburgh that year. The yeah. Steelers weren't even any good. That was a great year for Barney at the bar, as RJ would say. Mm-hmm. Um, now Nevada holds nine percent against the betters. You said a drunk baby will do two times as well as what the betters did against Nevada this year. Yeah, this is a drunk, hungover <laughs> baby that uh, hasn't even done his research yet. I mean, when you think about this, it, it drives me crazy. I hear, oh, the public's getting smarter and smarter. They're getting better and better at this betting. You know what? Our, AJ, I play poker. I play blackjack. I'm in the casinos all the time watching people play. And I can tell you it's true at the very highest level, the sports bettors have gotten better. At the very highest levels, the poker players have gotten better. And actually, even at the more modest pro level, the poker players have gotten better. But when it comes to everything else, the public has gotten so much worse. The public is just beyond stupid. The the best way I can describe this, that's such a harsh term, but I'm right. They're stupid. The South Points is dealing the Super Bowl minus 105. It's not even minus 110. So you can go there and lay 105, and now the drunk baby is only going to lose at a rate of 2.2%. But... The adults, because they have to be 21 to wager, they're losing at 9%. I mean, it is— Typically also drunk. It is, yes. It is It is staggering to even believe. How is that even Why is it possible? happening? What, what, are, what are the adults doing that the babies don't do? They are pursuing the needle in the haystacks. They're making bet a little to win a lot bets. They're betting all of these multi-way bets. Who's going to score the first touchdown? Back them. Who's going to be the MVP? Squares. Exactly how many points our team's going to score. Oh, the Rams could score nine points. Let me bet that at 220 to one or whatever it is. Um, It's not even that good. And the bottom line is the household on those are so tremendously high to begin with. And guess what? If you had to bet how many points a team would score, you probably should bet something like 17, 20, 24, 31, where the household is high but where the household is astronomical is when you bet a team to score like 11 or 50 or some stupid number. And that's the numbers that are so popular amongst the public to go ahead and, and, and bet. And because of that, there's parlay cards like the South point of the parlay card ties lose. 
Number field goals kick three. Yeah, that's real nice. That's real fair. If they kick three, everybody loses. So I, you know what? I went to uh, a stations casino and I was going to do some parlay cards, and all they had were ties lose cards. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? And I looked. The field goals was one of the first things I looked at. Sacks was another one. I was like, no, these are too likely to tie. So I went to uh, to William, William Hill, Hill, and they, they had William Hill had a fair card, not a whole lot to choose from. But, no, you know, stuff stuff to play with and get get a little creative with. So kudos to William Hill putting out a fair parlay card. Yep. They should get your business, not these other places. Yeah, and I'm, like it was something for I, I got tickets for my kids, like five way parlay cards mm-hmm. that just gave them a rooting interest in the game. Sure, uh, you know, five dollars a piece, or it was like giving them a scratch off in their stocking. But my younger son, uh, he thought he was going to win, and then that long touchdown because he, he had four out of five, and that long touchdown to start the second half killed his card. And he was not pleased. Apparently, you can just rip a guy's face mask off, and it's perfectly fine in the well, Super Bowl with no penalties. And, of course, called. I was complaining about that, and he's like, so it shouldn't have been a touchdown? I said, it absolutely should not have been a touchdown. He was even more peeved because he was already figuring out how he was going to spend his 80-something dollars. He was, it was all, he was excited. This is a classic example <laughs> where someone gets the memo, the refs get the memo, don't call penalties, unnecessary penalties that don't impact the game. Well, that's all well and good, but you have to be a a savvy enough ref to recognize, you know what, maybe I don't throw a flag when the Bengal guy that's not even active goes onto the field in his pajamas. I can let that one go, you know, (laughs) but maybe I can't let it go when Higgins grabs the dude's face mask and almost throws him to the ground. Was odd. Now, you uh, grew up a Bengals fan. Were you and, and I don't you were you did you have any on the Rams minus the four and a half? Like, did you have any investment no, in the Rams, Rams money line? And, and you know, and that's another read. Everyone should have won. If you lost, you suck. Yeah. It's like, how many times do we have to tell you it's the Super Bowl? And here comes the here comes the donk donks. All oh, the last 12 times, the point spread doesn't matter. You know what? To, to, to all those those 12 game sample size guys, you stink. Everyone knows you get a cheap money line in the Super Bowl. If you're going to bet the favorite, you play the money line. If you're going to take the points, you take the Bengals, which you would have gotten plus four and a half, play 105. You could have bet at William Hill. Yet after Mattress Mac donked off his money, William Hill moved Mattress Matt, Mac bet plus 175. Stupid bet. He should have bet plus four and a half. His advisors actually told him bet four and a half. But I've heard he says he didn't like the look of it. You know, that he could win while his guarantee people didn't. He didn't want yeah. to. You know what? Who cares about who the money you guaranteed or didn't guarantee? He just blew $9 million. He could have taken the Bengals plus four and a half. Instead, you took him at a crappy plus. And then you would have gotten the customer's money and his money. And you would have looked smart and more people would have still bought your, your mattresses. Yeah. But the, the bottom line is anyone who bet the Rams or Bengals should have won. If you lost on that game. I, I, I have a pro better, my friend Leon. He's the eight of clubs. I screamed at him. He laid four, reduced. I literally screamed at him. I'm like, what the F are you doing? You've gotten old and senile, my man. You used to be good at this. And he's like, what are you talking about? You know, like, like I like the Rams because of this, that, the other thing. I'm like, great. You'll get a minus 180 money line. Guess what? I was wrong. It ticked to minus 175 um, for a good 36 hours at William Hill. And also, even if you slept on that, the day of the game, Resorts World, the old at the old Stardust went to minus one eighty five. Peppermill Reno minus one eighty five. There were minus one eighty fives on the game lined at four and a half. If you go to SBR um, Sportsbook Review and you put type in the Novig money lines, a four and a half point favorite is supposed to be like minus two fifteen. So think how cheap that was. It's funny as McKenzie and I talked on the day of day of the Super Bowl, we were talking about what, what bets we were we were making, what bets we had made, 
and you know, we, I, he, we were talking about the money line. I said, you know what? I'm, I think I'm going to parlay Rams money line with the under, and that ended up being my biggest bet of the weekend. And I'm, I'm certainly glad it, it worked out that way. Did you feel the end game? Did you feel like the penalties were unwarranted? Did you feel like there was anything shady going on, or do you just think that it was a judgment call and those calls got made? Uh, judgment call, and I think the refs did a really good job. They recognized that they screwed the Rams early, and they made some makeup calls to help the Rams win. So um, in the aggregate, I give the refs an A+, plus, even though it took them like three errors to get there, because obviously the Rams were the beneficiary of late calls in their favor. Uh, a couple other things you 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 talk about here about why the the betters tend to to lose in these situations. Following sports experts and not sports betting experts. Are you thinking people are like they're watching, you know, Get Up or what, whatever show they watch in the morning, or, or you know, football, NFL football today, or whatever it's going to be? And Doesn't then- matter. Any of those guys, you know, I, I go as far as to and and, and like I'm going to pull back the curtain. There's other shows that do a fine job um, that talk about sports betting. All right, some and there's shows that that are, do a lousy job. All right, um, Joe Fortenbaugh does an outstanding job. Um, at as um, does um, Doug Kazarian. And what about Straight Out of Vegas? And Straight Out of Vegas. They're like laying it all out. (laughs) That goes without saying. But there's other shows that just are like, it's just like throw enough stuff against the wall and they're just randomly talking about stuff. And it's like, you know what? That guy doesn't. Like there's one show out there. I'm not going to embarrass anyone whose name, but he says, you know, professional better. And and I've said this on the the internet. It's like, yeah, and I'm a effing astronaut. You're a professional better. He said, it's nothing but stuff that's completely wrong and that a pro better would never do, including not know how much it costs to buy on or off the, how much you should buy on or off the three in the NFL, it being 20 cents. So the bottom line is headline you will almost never see is sports betting expert quits job to bet sports for a living. (laughs) I mean, it's beyond rare. Having said that, I'm confident that like Doug or RJ or um, or Joe Fortenbaugh could certainly make a living, all those guys, you know, betting on sports. And finally, the last reason why maybe they lose, well, one of the last reasons is, I mean, you, how many outs do you have compared to how many the average sports better has? Yeah, it changes daily. I've, you know, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I am going through. You're a, bleeding them. I, I am, I'm just burning out books left and right, because I bet live all the time, and the live betting gets flagged as like um, suspicious betting activity. Yeah, suspicious. What's suspicious about that? He wins. There's this per- There's this that you've made available on your site, and I'm winning at it. Very suspicious. Yeah, I, I, you know, and, and it's – so pretty much every week – I'm not I'm not kidding. Like every week I lose an account. Every week. And every week I try to gain an account, <laughs> zero-sum game. So I've got my palms out, and I'm t- telling people, look, I'll partner up with you. You got accounts? Let me know. We'll we'll just take take go 50-50 on the results and let's um and let me know, you know. That's got to be t- and how like the average better probably has most of them probably have just one out, right? I would say in Nevada. Nevada yeah, it's easier. Yeah. You know, what? I'm going to say that the average better probably Mackenzie, I I'd welcome your thoughts and I would say 3. What would you say? 3 is a good number. Because, I mean, even in other states, now that it's, it's legal, I think they've gotten around to signing up, not for all the books in their state, but— Yeah, you know. if you live in Pennsylvania, you got FanDuel, PointsBet, 
DraftKings. But how many people out here in Vegas? It's you know William Hill stations. You probably got a Westgate account. But how many people you know in these states are, are like splitting up their bankroll into those three accounts versus they might have an account, but one of them's empty. Maybe like, so. Maybe so. The um, um, you know, I, I get a kick out of the advertising. It's the only sports book you'll ever need. Like immediately, you should. Like I would just want to beat the hell out of that sports book. That's the stupidest advertising. That is not a great tag. It's, it's 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 almost imagine the only gas station you'll ever need. Why would you go anywhere else? Because the gas is cheaper today down the street. That's why. And then you you also say that the Barney at the bar is live betting into High Vig. Yeah. So the typical live betting platform doesn't deal at minus 110. Oftentimes it's minus 115, if not minus 120. Now, if you know what you're doing, you can still beat minus 120, no problem, actually. But um, the for the average guy, it's just, he doesn't know what he's doing, so he's going to be losing it at, at a rate much faster, twice the rate. And so instead of losing 4.5% at minus 120, obviously he's going to lose more like 9%. So um, that's a big disadvantage for the average Joe Q public. All right. Well, any thoughts on next season? I mean, do you, RJ and I did this uh, where we we both picked a team that we bet on and a team that we were betting against next season, and it, basically we bet each other. We booked each other. Uh, I took the Chargers at twenty-two to one, and I forced him to take uh, the Bengals. Uh, at I I gave him eighteen to one. He took Mackenzie. Who did he take? He took the oh he took the Browns at thirty five to one, and he forced me to take the Bucks at twenty five to one. Oh, the Bucks are going to be a hundred to one when Brady retires. So it, yeah, yeah. It, it feels like there's no chance they're going to win. I I think the Bucks and the Bengals are both. Brady actually retired or he announced his retirement. Well, for the record, <laughs> when when he's officially gone, I don't. I think there's still questions about. I don't think he's come back to the Bucks either way, yeah, though. After two months with the kids' recitals, Giselle will be like, "You go back and play some football." Thank you very much. Are there any teams you're looking looking ahead to and saying, you know what, this is the kind of team that can that can do this? Or and, and here's the other question I have. You know what, I'll let you answer that first, and I've got a second. I've got a follow up. So, is are there any teams you're looking to fade or to ride going into next season? Already? It's it's way too early. I've got to do way more research, but the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl next year. The okay. Bills have everything in play, I, I believe. Even losing their offensive coordinator? It's fine. Okay. Because yeah. uh, this is one of those scenarios where the offensive coordinator was the play caller. The, you know, they've got a defensive head coach. Point. See, I haven't done all my research, so I'm just uh, – the knee jerk says the Bills were the best team this year, and they got eliminated fairly early in the playoffs. So basic strategy says – that's a team I want to ride. Okay, uh, well, and they're also first or second favorite on on most uh, most odds things right now. Here's my my next question. Now that we've had two in a row of these, do you think more teams are going to go with the all in approach and not worry about the future of their franchise, give up whatever draft picks, whatever salary cap implications, throw it all in and say we're winning it right now? Or, or we're gonna be, we're gonna have to blow it up. But do you think that teams that are close are gonna go out, find some free agent quarterback, trade the moon to get him, or, or, or some even not a free agent? Like, could you see that happen? You think that's the future? At quarterback, we've spoken about this forever. That the it's so easy to upgrade your team getting a quarterback. You know, you get Stafford, who's a very competent 
quarterback versus Goff, who is a bottom seven quarterback. And that's the easiest fix for a team. So going forward, to the extent that a guy like that is available, how often are they going to be available? Well, you can say, well, there's two of them available right now in Brady and Rodgers. So, yeah. um, absolutely. Well, and maybe Russell Wilson, maybe and Kyler Murray. There you go. So, Although Kyler Murray... Seems boy, risky, doesn't it? We um, where do we put Murray now in our list of where was he? My, I've got my I got my old list here uh, where I've got Murray. Like, oh my gosh, I had him. You know, it's funny. I've got my list from early January and I had him seventh. That's not right. Who's ahead of him? Who's behind him? Uh, the usual suspects: Mahomes, Rogers, Brady, Wilson, Josh Allen, Stafford, Herbert, who's clearly better. Dak Prescott's clearly better. Jackson's better. Uh, Carr's better. Yeah, Cousins, Murray, those would be. Where's Burrow? Burrow, I've got to upgrade Burrow. I, this is interesting because I had Burrow 14th. I, I, I just grabbed my list from before the playoffs started. So e- Burrow, Burrow's obviously going to go from 14 to like, he's he's going to be seventh. I think He'll you be gotta, right be behind Stafford. I think you've got to upgrade uh, Josh Allen as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, now that he's had two years like this, it's starting to be, it's starting to be more believable. Looked pretty good in the Kansas City game. Yep. All right, that is going to do it, friends, for another Fezic Focus edition. Uh, thanks to Steve, as always, for doing these. Even though he had his week with his boys, where'd they come in from? From uh, from Illinois or they, from Ohio? From from Illinois and California. Yep. Okay. Uh, I appreciate you coming in on your on your week off and and making time for the people here. I, I know they appreciate it. Uh, thanks to all you guys for listening. Subscribe. subscribe Subscribe, subscribe, uh, and oh, well, let me let me give you this while we're here. Little promo code action for you: if you are looking to buy Fez, or you are looking to buy McKenzie, or, or whoever you like uh, for college basketball for the NBA, great way to get in on it. Baskets twenty when you go to pregame.com. Whatever, if you're looking for a season-long package, you're looking for a one-day That's package. That's the number 20. We're not spelling 20. Baskets 2-0. <laughs> That's baskets with an S at the end, 2-0. You put that in. When you check out, you get 20% off any purchase at pregame.com. I mean, you might be able to get Steve's early bird football next yeah, year for 20%, 20 off, just like that. And speaking of, how did your, how did your Super Bowl end up? How did you do? 7-4. and four. Okay. Two and one of my three stars. So one Bengals third quarter, won the first down prop prop for the Rams, lost the second half to outscore the first half, which I still say is due to the injuries that happened to Beckham and Burrow that slowed the offenses down. But bottom line, last three years, Super Bowl 23, six and one. That's pretty damn good. It's as good as it gets. And you didn't take the uh, the over on sacks or Evan McPherson field goals, huh? You didn't. I, I had it in my field bets of like the, the I had like the forty eight bets that I all right, making, all which, right, which all did right. turn a profit again. They were too square for you to put in your actual card. You know, I did, the reason I didn't put in, I probably should have put the McPherson bets in. As far as the sacks, I played, um, I played sacks versus the Berlin Dorfman number oh, of easy goals. win. And Berlin and Dorfman only they had they had three, so we won seven to three. Easy peasy. All right, Fez, great job as always. Thanks to McKinsey for doing his work behind the scenes, and thanks to you guys for listening. We will talk to you next week.